Who is the most powerful person in the world? Well, according to one website, at number three, we have Xi Jinping. At number two, it's Vladimir Putin. And coming in at number one, it's Donald J. Trump. In these lists of the most powerful people in the world, power is all about money. It's about military and political strength and global influence. And there's a great deal of interest in power in our world today. In the New Testament, there's also an interest in the question of power. And the word power, or the Greek word dynamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from, occurs on multiple occasions in reference to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Gospel writer Luke, who also wrote the book of Acts, uses the word dynamis or power a lot, 25 times in fact. But the word power in the New Testament has little to do with money or military and political strength or influence, but is mainly to do with God breaking through into people's lives. Power in the New Testament is about heaven coming to earth. Power is all about the difference that only God can make. The word power in the New Testament refers to miracles such as healing the sick and casting out demons. Power is also used in reference to doing good where acts of grace and undeserved kindness reveal who God is. And power is related to speaking words that enlighten hearts and minds and point people towards God and set them free. Power is also about being a credible witness to the love and the goodness of God. And so power in the New Testament is all about words and works and wonders that bring about the difference that only God can make in people's lives. In the New Testament, the power that comes from the Spirit of God restores the broken, heals the sick, sets the captives free and brings assurance of forgiveness to those burdened by guilt and shame. The power of God helps to break vicious cycles in the life of an individual or a family or even a whole community. In the New Testament, the power of God by the Holy Spirit often births something new in people's lives. Right at the beginning of Luke's Gospel in chapter 1, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The result of that power of the Holy Spirit is the virgin birth of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Something new is birthed. And then at the end of Luke's Gospel, and also at the beginning of Acts, Luke uses a similar phrase to that spoken to Mary by the angel Gabriel. In each case, to Mary and the disciples, Luke says that the Holy Spirit will come on you. You will be clothed with power from on high. And when that happens in the case of those disciples, there is the birth of something new, the birth of the church. And what we find time and time again in the New Testament is that when the power of God by the Holy Spirit comes, then something new is birthed. The old is gone and the new has come. Power in the New Testament isn't about money or military and political strength or about influence, but power in the New Testament seems to be about words and works and wonders from the Holy Spirit that birth something new in the life of an individual or a family or a community where God 
seems to break through and bring transformation. So how might we know the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, I think there are two things that we need to consider. One is cost and the other is waiting. For us as God's people to be clothed with power from on high, there is often a cost involved, whether it be suffering or trials or being disciplined or sacrifice. In Luke's Gospel, chapter four, we read about the temptations of Jesus as he goes into the desert, the wilderness. Luke writes that Jesus goes into the desert full of the Holy Spirit. He then experiences trials and temptations and suffering and cost. But when he returns from the desert, he returns in the power of the Holy Spirit and his three year ministry of words and works and wonders is birthed. So Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he goes through a desert experience, which is costly, and he returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. And a new chapter is birthed in his life. For us to know the power of the Holy Spirit, do not be surprised if there is a cost and sacrifice involved. Are we prepared for that cost? It's been said that the way to Pentecost is always via the cross. If we want to know the power of the Holy Spirit, then we need to be prepared for the pain and cost that may come before something new is birthed. The way to Pentecost is always via the cross. The other thing to consider if we want to be clothed with power from on high is the importance of waiting. In the book of Acts, Jesus's disciples are told by Jesus to wait in Jerusalem until they are clothed with power from on high. For them and for us to know the power of the Holy Spirit, what do we need to do? Well, the short answer is we do nothing but watch and wait. Often though, we don't like waiting, but if we want to be involved in the words and works and wonders of God in the power of the Holy Spirit, then we need to wait. Now that this lockdown has eased a bit, people are able to take part in more water sports. And when I was at the harbour just the other day, there were people out rowing and people out sailing. Rowing and the speed of a rowing boat is almost entirely based on the strength and effort of the rowers. Rowing is almost all about the rower's strength and effort. Sailing, on the other hand, is something very different. There's a different dynamic at work in sailing compared to rowing. And that dynamic is the speed and direction of the wind. Now, of course, a sailor will put in the work and the commitment and the discipline to sail well but ultimately the speed of the boat is determined by the speed and direction of the wind and whether the sailor can catch the wind effectively. Sailing is less about the sailor and more about the wind. For us to know the spirit of God and to be clothed with power from on high, we need to be more like sailors than rowers. We need to set our sails right so that we might catch the wind. It's less about our effort and more about God's grace. And that involves watching and waiting and seeing what God by his spirit is doing in our lives, in our families, in our churches and in our communities and then joining in with it. So this Pentecost Sunday, do you want to know the power of the Holy Spirit that will bring 
transformation to your life and the life of your church at Vale? Well, if you do, be prepared for the cost. You may need to let go of the old to grasp the new. If you are to be clothed with power from on high, there may well be the cost of change or of ridicule or of disruption or of having to trust God when all the evidence seems to have gone. This Pentecost Sunday, do you want to know the power of the Holy Spirit that will bring transformation to your life and the life of your church at Vale? Well, you will need to wait. Be more sailor than rower. Can I encourage you today, this week, to embrace the cost, to pray that ancient prayer, come Holy Spirit, and to wait, and to see the difference that only God can make. Shall we pray? Father, we celebrate Pentecost today, and we simply pray, come Holy Spirit on our lives and in our churches. We make our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.